Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hey, everybody. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I am here with Steve Zurier today, a freelance technology journalist who specializes in security. Thanks for coming on, Steve. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I know we're excited to talk to you. We have a number of questions uh, that we want to get into, but let's start with your background. I know you've been in the industry for the past 30 years. You write for a number of publications from SC Media, Dark Reading, Tech Target, and others. I'd love to hear about how you got your star and sort of how your career has unfolded over the past 30 years. Broad question, but we can start there. (laughs) Yeah, well, I started off as, uh, actually I was a history major at Rutgers University, uh, uh, Livingston College at Rutgers University. And I I, I got into journalism, through student politics and, and being editor of the newspaper at, at Livingston College. And then after, after college, I, I worked for weekly papers and daily newspapers. I think I worked for, for every newspaper, uh, like from New Brunswick North. Uh, I, I worked for the Patterson News. I worked for the, the old Herald News, which is the old uh, Passaic Herald News. And uh, I think by 1985, I realized that uh, the newspaper industry, I, I didn't have, a, I, I didn't feel like I had a future in the newspaper industry. So I started looking at business magazines and um, I, 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 I talked to, um, to an editor in New York who, who edited uh, Graphic Arts Monthly. And uh, at the time, uh, Co- Connors Publishing had bought Technical Publishing. And this was in, in, in the late, in, in the mid to late eighties. And they bought a magazine called Industrial Distribution. So I love this story because I must have been one of like 200 people who called for the job at industrial distribution. And I said, that's the, that's the magazine my father reads. It's, it's, it's his <laughs> industry uh, trade magazine. So they said, you actually know what this is? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. They're like, you're hired. <laughs> they said, you know what this is? Come in tomorrow. So I came in, I had the interview. I told them like who I was and, and what I was doing, what I had done. I had been in, in the daily press for like three or four years before that. Mm-hmm. So actually to make a long story short, I took the job, I moved up to Boston and uh, took the job with industrial distribution. And in writing uh, uh, stories for about uh, distributors and manufacturers, I wrote up a lot about their, um, their inventory control systems. So that's really, so, so figure this is the late 80s and we were starting off with MS-DOS. We're using the old CPM systems. We're like moving disks around on computers and it's, it's, it's really clunky and cumbersome. But um, that's where I really started, I started realizing that what, what I really needed to do with, uh, was become a technology writer because mm-hmm. that was going to be the future and that was going to be, um, you know, an opportunity uh, to, 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 to gain some advancement. So uh, it actually worked out. So I worked for ID for like five years. I, I, I made a conscious effort to, to write computer stories. I must've had about like five or 10 stories uh, that, that were like computer related. And then um, Tom Temin, I don't know if you know, do you know Tom in your travels? He was editor of, G, he was editor of GCN okay. uh, for many years, but he also does uh, the Federal Drive. Hmm. 
on, on federal news radio. Okay, okay, so, got it. So he's been doing that. He, he does that from uh, 6 to 10 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So Tom, Tom, Tom G, um, Connors hired uh, Tom to be editor-in-chief of GCN. And I had married uh, my wife, Ste my, the, um, the woman who became my wife, Stephanie, who was from Baltimore. And uh, we were looking to move down to the uh, Baltimore, D.C. area. So I talked to Tom about it. And he brought me down to GCN in, oh, cool. in the early 90s. And that was like a perfect time to, 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 to be in computer writing mm -hmm. because um, the industry was really taking off. Um, GCN was bustling. We were, we were uh, uh, I guess we, we published every other week. And we published 26 times in those days. And we had like really big feature pages. And the thing that you, you had asked the question about what's, what's changed about the, the industry, what's changed about the coverage. In those days, we were very product focused. Mm -hmm. We had uh, product preference surveys, where, where we had actually there were actually there, there were different choices in in uh, in like spreadsheets, and there were different choices in in uh, you know uh, uh, presentation graphics and things like that. You know, this is uh, before the eventually, like by the mid to late '90s, Microsoft Office pretty much had had the lock on things. Mm -hmm. But before that, there were there were a bunch of other companies that. That, that we used to do uh, ratings on and, and, and reviews on. So I did that for about five years and the computer press was bustling in the 90s. I mean, so I, I wound up working for CMP, the old uh, CMP, and uh, took a job with, with Comweek and within like three to six months, Comweek became Internet Week. And uh, that was like the whole internet era. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked there for five years. So that's really, that's between GCN and, and, and Comweek and Internet Week is really where I learned computers. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we wrote about, you know, the original networks like PC LANs. We wrote about eight, eight, asynchronous uh, transfer mode networks, which was uh, greatly misunderstood. People used to think we were talking about ATM machines. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, um, so that so anyway, between GCN and and Comweek Internet Week, I, I had like at that point like ten years of solid te tech writing experience. Right at the very beginning, really. So then, what happens? The economy collapses. We had the tech crash. Uh, we had nine eleven, and then the mm -hmm. tech crash. So then, you know, I was reading back, and you had mentioned that you, you saw the story I wrote for Dark Reading about the I love the mm -hmm. twentieth uh, anniversary of the I love you virus. So. Um, you know, just it was it was at that point we between 9/11 and between all the different between the Melissa virus and the I love you virus, security was it became clear that something was 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 going awry, and security was becoming a really hot button issue. Mm -hmm. So so um, unfortunately for me at that point uh, I I'd stopped writing in the tech press and then took a job as a as a, as the technology writer for Builder magazine. This is like from 2002 to, to 2008. And at Builder Magazine, I, I uh, went, went back to my days as kind of like a municipal reporter. I did a lot of like land use planning stories and also wrote about technology and also wrote about home technology hmm. where I learned about IoT and, and, and things like that. Early on on it, right? That's so I, yeah, I was, I was definitely early on with- uh, You have a good foresight, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> My my son thinks I'm a spy. He says wherever wherever <laughs> wherever, wherever you go, something goes, big is going to happen there. Wherever industry goes, and something big's going to happen, and then there's a boom and a bust. That's where you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we'll be watching you closely now, more closely than ever. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny that way. That is funny. But, but uh, actually, at Builder Magazine, we, we did. I I won a couple of awards for some of my tech stories, some of the the, the builder systems that, that I wrote about. But we also did a lot of enterprise stories about uh, the the, uh, the economic crisis and the and, and the housing the housing collapse mm -hmm. and. Um, it was it was actually a rewarding time for me to do like a, a diversity of, of of writing, but by that point, uh, by by the t by two thousand seven two thousand eight, it was pretty clear that uh, that market and that those kinds of trade magazines were, were weren't going to be as uh, successful as as they had in the past. Mm -hmm. So um, I took a job with uh, the CDW magazines. Yeah. I worked there about four or five years. And those were the days in the in the late two thousands and early early two thousands. We had the days of uh, virtualization. There were a lot of stories that we wrote about. Uh, virtualization was like a perfect technology because it just uh, p managers got it. Mm -hmm. They got that uh, they can reduce the the number of servers. They can reduce their electricity costs. You know, they, they can reduce their real estate costs. There was like a real business uh, value to it. So. Um, so fast forward, uh, in 2012, I became a freelancer and I've been doing that ever since. And I should have, I should have done it 20 years ago <laughs> because I, Why I really, is that? I, I really, I, I really enjoyed being, um, I'm, I'm not super independent because I, I, I have many bosses. I have many different people I'm juggling and, and working with, but uh, I like the flexibility. And then actually when we had the COVID crisis and we had work at work from home, I had been working from home for, for uh, seven or eight years. Right. So I was like perfectly aligned with this and, and set up to do it. And it wasn't much of a transition. The biggest transition is that my wife now works from home. Right. <laughs> so now we're office mates. <laughs> office buddies. I feel that. <laughs> Has its own set of challenges, but it's exciting. I mean, in yeah. some ways, there's, there's silver lining, linings. So freelancing, it's interesting. Um, I know you write very frequently for SE Media, Dark Reading, and others. Um, and in terms of freelancing, do you usually come up with your own stories that you want to pursue and then pitch them and find a spot for them? Or do you get assignments? Mostly I get assignments. Mm -hmm. Definitely with Dark Reading, it's, it's mostly assignments. Sometimes I'll pitch stories and, you know, I would say I say 10 or 20% of the time, you know, Kelly Jackson Higgins. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's yeah, been on the show before. Yeah. Well, most of the time Kelly, ha Kelly has a really good sense of like what's been covered and what needs to be covered and what she wants covered. So I'll, I'll just kind of go with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with, with, with SC, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a utility ball player. I, I, I've been uh, managing their perspectives section. Uh, I've been working with the review, the reviews team. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I also on Thursdays and Fridays, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a news reporter. So usually with the news, uh, I'll just take a, I'll just take a, sometimes I'll pitch stories, mm -hmm. but usually um, Terry Robinson and Brad Barth and, and Jill Taro like, like have an agenda of like the stories they want covered. So they'll just assign me something. Perfect. Got it. That makes sense. Um, another question that I was just thinking about too, while you were talking and it's a listener question that came up. Um, so you mentioned, you know, years ago, you guys would, or you would write a lot about product stories and like the latest and greatest product in whatever category. So what, like nowadays, I, I know it's different and it's, it's kind of rare to see product coverage. Um, right. 
what makes a product like a security product worth writing about and like what sort of product stories get the most readership and do you think it's it's going to be going away even more like the the coverage of products i think so i th- i think and and for the security mag for the security publications they're really interested um there's so much news there's so much, every other day yeah. or every week there's there's a big breach or there's another research report mm-hmm. but yeah it's really different like like i was talking about government computer news we were so focused on products like so much of our coverage centered around like when microsoft came out with windows 3.0 and 3.1 uh, and then Windows 95, we, we, we gave like a lot of coverage to Windows 95, Windows Windows 98. We would also always cover like what, what Cisco was doing with like the, the, the latest routers and switches mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, uh, the product, te- you know, there, there were uh, strong product tests, uh, testing uh, outfits at, 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 well, Ziff Davis had, had ZD Labs mm-hmm. and uh, Wayne Rash was doing uh, lab testing at uh, at CMPs and Sean Gallagher at Information mm-hmm. Week. So there, there, there's just a, a lot more product coverage. Um, I, I see. I think that the problem is this is like a saturation of products. Right. There's so many. There's so many email security products. It's hard to know like like how to distinguish one from the next. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think the reviews are important. Sure. But um, I, I I think. I think one of the, one of the, just, I was thinking about this last night because I knew you were going to ask this. And I think the, the one, the one product or one set of products that, that, that appeal to me or, or, or like trigger interest for me is, is like the pa- password list products and the identity okay. management products. I think products that, there's so much written about uh, all these breaches and, and the same patterns come up all the time we, we you know we still see like in the in the Verizon data breach report that 80% of, 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 the, of the breaches are from like uh, weaker or or, or um, st- stolen passwords and uh, you know it, it's just I, I think we have to get to a point where, where we, we move the industry forward I was listening last night to uh, the, the company hyper had uh, um, CVS Health, which 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 used to be Aetna, which merged with Aetna, and uh, they had a they had a I think a, in like April or May they, they did a webinar, and they, and they were talking about passwordless and, and and how the security industry really hasn't had its uh, transformation moment. That um, mm-hmm. we've we've had we've had the transformation moment in mobile. We've we've got well you can't see this but we, we've got <laughs> we've got smartphones that are like 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 mini computers or supercomputers uh, like in, in the palm of our hand. Mm-hmm. We've got the cloud. Uh, 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 development teams have uh, DevOps, you know, uh, and there's even secure DevOps. And, and, and uh, I think, I think that the transformation moment for, for security will be like this notion of passwordless, whatever that means. And we've been evolving to that. I think most people know, even, even grandmas know about one-time passwords. Mm-hmm. You know, like the little, those, those little numbers that come on your phone. Definitely. So, so you've got one-time passwords. You've got, I've been at work with uh, SC. I, I, I use Google Authenticator. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, a, that's a big evolution. But I think it's kind of stalled a little bit, don't you? I, th- I think mm-hmm. that the, the whole, the, I think they were trying to really push the, the consumer side of, uh, of passwordless. Yep. 
And we all have, we all have fingerprint and we all have um, facial recognition, authentication. But how, how many people do you know are really using it for passwordless for authentication for apps? And I don't think a lot. So, so this, this is what I, this is my cautious prediction. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see it happen in business because I think with people working from home now, there, there's, there's so many problems with like VPNs and with RDPs that, that, that they can't, that, that, that they're just boot forcing and breaking into that, uh, companies are going to go to like passwordless mm -hmm. and that slowly it's going to be rolled out and you're going to get used to it. Um, you're going to get used to it uh, at work and then use it uh, personally. At home, yeah. And I, I think this that. is what happened in the initial days of computing. It's like we started using PCs at work and then it got cheaper and cheaper to be able to have a, a home PC. Mm -hmm. So we started using it at home and then you had mobile and then everything else kind of like took, took off from there. But we haven't really seen that with security. And I think people still, there's this whole notion of, 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 um, of, of, of friction, of, of like mm -hmm. just being like, like people just, people think it's just the bother that, that, that security slows things down, that it's, it's a pain. It's, it, we, have to, we have to get past that somehow. And I, I know those of us in, in, in the business are, are all kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid and we're all like steeped in this stuff and we want this to happen. But I, but I think we still have a, a major education yeah. uh, job ahead of us, you know, uh, and, and, and I think that expecting that consumers are going to adopt this, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's really going to happen in, 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 in the numbers that they're hoping for. Right. But I think if it, if it made easy for people at the workplace, if, if like, if, if, um, if, you, if you're like working from home and you, and you can authenticate passwordless, and don't have to remember passwords for all your apps and can just like authenticate w uh, with, with your phone, I think people would like that. Mm -hmm. particularly, particularly people uh, uh, who grew up with technology, who grew up with cell phones and you know, the mobile generation. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anyway, as a long answer to your question, I think products that really are, are deliver solutions and deliver like an answer to the problem. The problem is, is that we've made it easy for the hackers. There's never been a better time to be a hacker. When are we going to, when are we going to break this like cycle where, where there's credential stuffing and, and, and there's like passwords, you know, uh, we're just depending on passwords that, that are just so you can buy passwords for like $10 on, mm -hmm. on the dark web. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think in some ways, to your point earlier, it's like the pandemic in some ways and the working from home has almost pushed the digital transformation even more forward because it's like, okay, now you're forced to come up with solutions and more authentication and, and a stronger at home work from home network as well. Right. But the question is, is it going to come from people doing it as consumers mm -hmm. or people doing it at the workplace? Yeah, as employees. True. And, that's a good and, I think, and I think it's going to be people doing it as employees. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that's, the, that's going to be the next, the next push. And I'm hoping that'll be successful. Because mm -hmm. I think if people have to do it for their jobs, they have no choice. They have to do it. Absolutely. And then they'll, they'll integrate that into their personal life and their own at-home networks, too. Right. Um, yeah, that, no, that's definitely interesting. So I guess in your mind, um, how has 
the pandemic and everything with, with COVID since March, how has that impacted your, I, I know you've been working from home for the past seven, eight years, right? But in terms of your coverage areas, I know at first it was a lot of like the security stories within COVID and the remote workforce. Um, how has that impacted your coverage areas now and some of the articles that you're writing or has it? No, I, I think that the main thing is that we, we, we cover so many stories about, uh, like I was saying before, the, the, these RDP, you know, managing our, our remote desktop protocol servers and problems with VPNs and uh, just like this whole notion of, of the per perimeter being extended. I think the perimeter and the idea of the moat had gone by the wayside several years ago, yeah. but now it's been shattered. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot more focus, and, and that's where I think you're going to get into, you know, this notion of just like securing the application, and that's where I think passwordless has, has a chance. Sure. Okay. So so I I I think it's I, in terms of a day in that day out job, it hasn't really impacted me that much mm -hmm. to, to answer your question because I've been working from home anyway. Right. So I'm still doing the same stories. People, the security researchers are still doing the research. We, mm -hmm. we report on what they find. We report on you know vulnerabilities. You know, yes, for today's uh, SC, I did a story on uh, uh, nine vulnerabilities that Palo Alto Network uh, d discovered, and some mm -hmm. of them some of them were done internally. Some of them were done by positive technologies. But you know, there, there's a, there's a there's a good uh, there's a good co collaboration normally between uh, security researchers and the companies sometimes yeah. it blows up a little bit but mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but i think in, in turn just to your earlier question of like product news i think there's just so much activity and so much interest in um, what the security researchers are finding and how the uh, companies are fixing it and and uh, and just the the day in day out ebb and flow of breaches mm -hmm. and, and security news that uh, we've kind of lost product news. Sure. So, so and that's I, a good point too, because you mentioned the research and a lot of, we're seeing a ton of companies doing research, you know, every week there's a new research report, you know, some are more notable than others. What, what separates a, or what state makes a research report stand out for you? That's a good question. Um, I, I think one that just, uh, that, that's not overtly commercial. I think to, to, to a certain extent there, I really understand what what the companies are up against. Mm -hmm. They realize that they can't that the the old days of just like simply announcing a product are, are not possible. So they have to be more elaborate. But I think something that really just legitimately deals with uh, the subject matter at hand, and and, uh, and 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 does doesn't wind up being a product pitch. Sometimes, right. some, sometimes the, the even with these perspective stories, I get that the, they tend to be. Uh, elaborate product pitches. Right, a little bit more marketing, self-serving. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I mean, our audience for this this podcast is a, is a lot of marketers, PR people. I'm sure you get an, a loads loads of PR pitches every single day with you know different types of of stories, product news, research. What do you do to filter through all that noise, and how do you pick? which story you want to pursue and cover. And I'm sure you get hundreds. I, I try to give everybody a chance. That's nice. <laughs> I, <laughs> I try to give everybody a chance because a lot of times the PR team, one of the things that happens is the PR teams will, will be like pitching stories um, 
for different executives at, at a company. So one PR person will, will, will send over an article for, from one company and then another PR person will send over another article on a different topic from the same company. And that, that's something that I can't do, you know, mm -hmm. with these pers perspective stories. Because um, I, I, think, I think for the most part, I give everybody a chance. I, I, try, I, try, to, I try to explain that we're going for a, a strong point of view, that we, that we don't want it to be a product pitch. Uh, we just did a story uh, with Jay Scrambler that, that ran today on, on, on Magecart. And uh, initially it came in kind of like a, a, it was very product oriented, but we like repackaged it as, as like 12 tips for, for uh, mm. uh, uh, de de defeating a, a mage card attack. And I think, you know, I think for the most part that that, that column works. Mm -hmm. so, so I think it's just more explaining to people what, trying to be clear about what we're, what we're trying to accomplish getting the word out. I think when I started in, in, in late June, early July to do the perspectives columns, I had like 40 or 50 PR people uh, who I normally uh, communicate with. I sent a long email out to everybody explaining what, what we're trying to do mm -hmm. and, and, and the direction we're going in. And uh, people got it. And, and, and then slowly I've been starting to get some, some really good pitches from people. Oh, that's great. I think that two-way communication is helpful. You know, like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Don't, you know, don't waste your time if you're going to send me something totally off the grid, off the map about it. Right, I think right. that's valuable. Well, I think the, the, the PR people are like amazed. You're saying, you're actually talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, look, I know what's usually, going on. Usually, you know, they, they tell me that they've been trying to get like X, X, Y, Z editor for like the last six months. And they, <laughs> and they, and they, they can't, you know, their, their cell phone is backed up. They don't respond to emails. They don't respond to texts. I can't get it. So, so I, I, I try to be accessible as, mm -hmm. as much as I can. And, and, and um, for the most part, it works. Sometimes yeah, I'd say you do a good job at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, that's, re that's really good. Really good insight. Um, and I think we have time for like one or two more questions. But um, what has been one of the most memorable stories that you've written in, in the past 30 years? That stands out among the rest. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I just, I just think this, this stuff about passwordless is, oh, yeah. is, is really important to me because I just feel like one of, one of the things I was thinking about is that um, in the mid '90s when the internet took off, it was at my house that a lot of people saw the internet for the first time. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, it, you know, I, I didn't You're really a think about. I didn't really think of myself as a pioneer. I really wasn't. I was more of a, I was a more of a follower. I was, I was just like following the trend, but uh, it, it didn't dawn on me like how, how, um, how it really hadn't, it wasn't until like, like mid 1995 that people started buying uh, mm -hmm. home computers and, 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 and using the internet uh, at work and 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 that the whole situation took off, so that's what I'm trying to do with with passwordless. I like to, I like to be, you know, I'm 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 at, towards the end of my career. I'll probably work another few years, and I like to be part of this um, this movement to, to to just move the security industry forward. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, someone's calling me, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll continue. We'll, we'll continue for another few minutes. Yeah. So. Uh, 
I think I think that's I think the, the stories I've been doing on password this mean a lot to me because I think it's yeah. something that that that's gonna that's gonna push that's gonna push the industry ahead and, uh, and, and and move the market a little bit. Yeah, no, that's great. That's good to know. Um, and then the last question, um, more of a fun fact-ish question. Um, we see, I see this musical instrument in the background <laughs> and I know we see it in your oh, headshot yeah. too on LinkedIn and Twitter. What, what do you play? The bass or? I'm a bass player. Yeah, okay. I, it's, it's the upright bass. I'm a bass player and a guitar player. I, I, played, I played guitar like years ago. I started up as a folk uh, guitarist and then I learned jazz uh, years ago. And uh, it's actually uh, continued in family. My son, Ben, is a drummer and he's, uh, he, went, he studied uh, uh, jazz and, and commercial music at Towson University. Wow. And um, then went to California Institute of the Arts, Cal Arts for world percussion. So he's out in Los Angeles. Wow. Uh, uh, doing music. That's fantastic. Your little family so, yeah, and then going I, on. Like for like for like 20, 20, 20 plus years, I uh, during the summer I played jazz concerts in Columbia here. That's and great. I, I played all I've played all over, like all over the Baltimore DC region in wow. little, little jazz duos, trios, quartets. And that's something that I bet a lot of people wouldn't know about you. They think of you just as a, a security reporter, right? There's there's a lot more. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fun. I love that. That's great to know. Um, great. Well, thank you so much, Steve. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Any or any final words? No, I'm I'm good. I really appreciate. I think the, the one thing I would say is to people as they build their careers, be nice to people, uh-huh. because uh, as you get older, you're gonna you might find yourself as a freelancer, and then you'll be calling your old friends. So so what's happened to me? <laughs> what's happened? No, honestly, what's happened to me is, is that um, the people who used to write for me when I was an editor at uh, at Com Week and Internet Week, uh, became ed- Kelly became editor at Dark Reading. Terry Robinson became executive editor at SC. Um, Patty Brown became like a, like a content man- a content hub manager at, at DXC. So all, all the all these folks are, and then uh, Vanessa Roberts uh, hired me uh, to, to work for the CDW magazine. Small world, yeah. So 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 all these people. People, I'm sure many of whom you've interviewed or maybe been on the show, all these folks uh, I, I work with and develop strong relationships over the years, and it's paid off because like now, now I have a mix of clients and uh, have had steady work, and and um, you know I think that's that's the main thing is that, you know it, they say nice guys finish last, but sometimes it, it just pays it just pays to be open to people and 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 uh, be willing to like. Um, be honest and and uh, share your point of view. You can you, you can you know you can be firm with you know you can be nice. You don't have to, you don't necessarily uh, have to be considered a pushover, but uh, you could at least uh, create create a situation where there's an open dialogue and, 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 and a give and take. Absolutely, I think your advice of being kind to people and being nice to people is the best advice you could give. So. Fantastic. Well, just, just, just know that uh, sooner or later, you, you're going to get older. <laughs> That's true. Can't avoid it. <laughs> and, and, the, and that, uh, you know, for me, I was kind of like, I was kind of like pushed into this role of, of being a freelancer, but it's actually worked out great because mm-hmm. I, I did have all these contacts. It did, it did take 30 years to build up the contacts, but I, but I, I built them up and, and, it, and it's paid off. Absolutely. I can tell. I mean, you're definitely doing 
I mean, we all follow your coverage. You're doing a fantastic job writing for a, a number of different publications. So we'll continue to follow your, your work closely. But thank you so much for all the fabulous insight. And I, it's always really useful to hear perspectives like yours. So really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, everyone listening, this has been Christine Blake interviewing Steve Zerrier. Thank you for tuning in and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show, and you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. 